Josh here with the IDP show. Now, look, if you know anything about our show, you know we're three mid-30s dads rolling into the So Shack every week at about 9 p.m. to record a fantasy football podcast. We've got kids, we've got jobs, so we are worn out when it comes time to record, which is why I'm excited to share about our newest sponsor. It is Liquid IV, which is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Y'all, in just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use this first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out. So what do we love about Liquid IV? Convenient packaging, you just rip the top off and pour it into your water, shake it up and you're ready to go. Comes in a bunch of amazing flavors. I love strawberry lemonade and watermelon are my two favorite. And one stick of liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious flavors. I mentioned a couple. They're refreshing. They're going to keep your hydration routine exciting so it's not the same old flavor time and time again. It contains five essential vitamins, y'all. Listen to these B vitamins, B3, 5, 6, 12, and vitamin C. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV, they believe that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So they partner with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated, listen to this y'all, over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So we are very excited to partner with them. And if you want to try it out, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code IDP show at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code IDP show at liquidiv.com. Check it out and tell them the IDP show sent you. This is the IDP After Show. Welcome to another edition of the IDP After Show. I'm Jace Abbey, and as usual, at this time each week, I'm going to be talking about some of the key players in my weekly rankings. My guest this week is none other than Mr. Nate Markham, Fantasy Pro's top five IDP ranker, host of the Shoot the Gap show and content creator for Fantasy in Frames. Nate, as I was saying to you earlier, you've been on my list for a while as someone I wanted to, uh, I was really keen to have on the show. Uh, thanks for taking the time. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. No, this is an honor to be on the show with you. I, I respect all the work that you do. And I, uh, I would say that if there was a show for me to, you know, hanker to be on, this is definitely one that would have been at the top of my list as well. So it's, it's a match made in heaven. Too kind, too kind, awesome. Um, so yeah, tonight we're going to be uh, trialing a, a new format on the show. Um, we've been talking about it off air. Um, we'll still do a, a highlight uh, and a slightly deeper dive about a guy we like and don't like at each position for week six. But we're we're also going to be introducing a new segment where we offer 
more of a, a quick fire list of around five or so guys at each position who have favorable matchups and five who don't. So look, Nate, let's uh, let's kick things off with the uh, the position that gets everyone excited about in IDP linebackers. Um, which linebacker do you like the look of uh, in week six? Yeah, so he's one that I've liked to look honestly the entire year, and it's been kind of an up and down season so far as far as playing time, consistent playing time that is, and, and that's Damone Clark with the Dallas Cowboys. And a lot of this is predicated, unfortunately, on the injury to Leighton Vander Esch. But Damone Clark, even on scattered games, you know, where the snaps haven't exactly been there or he's seen an influx, he's seen a 16% tackle rate. So, on, you know, he's been game in and game out. Sometimes it's highly rated PFF or whoever you listen to, Twitter fans and just football t- talk in general. He, he's sometimes their best run defender in the linebacking group. And and this week, you know, I, I think that that's an ideal scenario for him to be utilized. I, I think that we'll see 100% share. One of the things talked about today, of course, was Rashawn Evans going to Dallas. Threw a little water on my uh, Damone Clark parade. But that's probably not for this week. It's most likely for next week and going forward. Um, as far as ECR ranks, he's the LB54 on the week, according to Fantasy Pros. I have him as my LB24. He's right on the edge of my LB2. I, I think the Chargers, if you look at it as a whole, um, offensively speaking, they're they're averaging 70 snaps allowed to the defense, or however you want to phrase that. That seems like such a they're just, you know, oh, we're yeah. allowing all these. Just, they're so good. They they keep the defense on the field for, you know, 70 plays per game, which if you look at a 16% tackle rate over 70 plays, if that's if that's how you want to extrapolate that, I look at it as more like realistically they're going to try to get the ball out of their hands as quick as they can if they have Micah Parsons, et cetera. And I think that it will funnel a little bit more to the linebacker. And if that's the case, and they get Austin Eckler back. So, I mean, that, as you know, it should mean a heavier volume as far as the running game. And if that's the case that what I've seen about Damone Clark and his involvement with the running game, personally, as much tape as I quote unquote watch, it's hard sometimes to decipher a lot of the internals as far as how good was he on, you know, picking up on the run play. But from what I have seen, I think he will be instrumental. Double-digit tackles wouldn't shock me at all. How high do you have Damon Clark this year or this week? Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I've got him down at LB forty-five for the okay. moment. Um, it's it's kind of tight above him. It's, there's a lot of players above mm-hmm. him, but most most of those guys, I'm 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 pretty reasonably confident that they're going to be full-time guys. Now, I may move him up. Um, not because you have him higher, well, partly, mm-hmm. but um, but also because the more I've looked into him as a as a player, the more I've I've come to like. As you said, he's got uh, you know sixteen fifteen point nine percent tackle efficiency rate, which ranks sixteenth out of of eighty three qualifying linebackers who've uh, played at least seventy five snaps this year. Um, in coverage, I, I wasn't that impressed when I saw him, but was surprised to find that he's only allowing a, a 79.2 QB rating when targeted in 2023. But the thing I like the most uh, of all the things I was looking at is that he he rarely, if ever, misses a tackle. I think he's produced, I've got this written here somewhere. Let me uh, let me try and dig this out. But something like he's only missed two tackles in, in his first two seasons in the NFL. 
um, his 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 ability as a tackler is just incredible. So we're not going to lose opportunities in the same way as we do, you know, currently with those Broncos linebackers, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to take advantage of everything that comes his way. So yeah, I like him. Um, I actually listed him as uh, as my LB riser this week, but I did I you put really? a second I put a second one in yeah. just in case because I thought you know Clark's going to be a popular guy this week on the back of that. Uh, you know, as you said, that unfortunate injury to to LVE. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'll pivot to my guy. So I've gone with my second guy. I'm not as high on him as I am Clark, but it's EJ Speed. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's risen in my rankings every single week. Um, Shaq Leonard's role has been diminishing by the week. Uh, it's a sort of snap share has grown from 41 to 55% in the space of four weeks. That wasn't like a meteoric rise, I know. Um, but after five games, um, Speed was outproducing. Sorry, after four games, Speed was outproducing Leonard, who at that point had played uh, 50 snaps more than Speed. Um, last week in, in Leonard's absence, obviously Speed played every down. Um, we expected him to. Nice to see it happen. Uh, and while Leonard did practice in full today, I, I think his injuries kind of hastened what might have otherwise happened anyway. We kind of saw speed start to overtake Leonard. Um, at the crux of, all, of it all, I think, yeah, Leonard's just not not looking like the guy that we knew him to be, right? He he looks he looks cumbersome. He looks slow. He looks he's, he's he just doesn't look anything like the guy that that I kind of fell in love with. Um, a couple of years back, and it's it's sad to see, it's sad to admit, but I think it speeds time. I, I'm right there with you, and it, it it hurt. I hated watching that in that first that first real week where we had the hinting that uh, Leonard was going to play a full time role. He was healthy enough to play every snap, and we saw that where he didn't. It's not like he forced his hand to to be out of the game. It's not like he missed a ton of tackles and just. Um, yeah. was playing poorly. He was just never able to get in the positions that he was able to get in prior, especially under like Eberflus. And so we, we saw that EJ Speed came in and and really has just defined, like last year, even coming into this year, he did one thing you talk about with Damone Clark. He didn't miss tackles, especially on run plays. And and that was the one thing that he did. He's had a couple missed tackles this year. And those come and go. And I, and I know looking at PFF's missed tackle numbers is, is pretty solid for the most part. But at the end of the day, I try not to use that as the gospel in terms of how, unless I'm like you and you watch the players, if you see it and you understand you know, he's constantly missing tackles or over pursuits, then it's one thing. But yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. How, where do you have EJ Speed at, if you don't mind me asking? I've got him as my, let me quickly check. So he's down at... 47 for the time being but um so what one of the things and the reason being one of the things i'm concerned with with speed um i've listed him as one of my one of the guys that i'm that i'm i really want to talk about this week mm-hmm. and who's, who's who's rising a little bit but one of the things i'm concerned about with him is that leonard's going to come back leonard's not going to play as many snaps as speed but he'll play enough to to, to, to take away some of what speed could do if mm-hmm. if Leonard was was not in the picture so that concerns me a little bit um but yeah he'll probably see a see a rise um I changed the my I, I tweaked my rankings I should say uh on Thursdays and again on Sundays 
bearing in mind the latest injury news and so on and so forth. So there's a couple of guys above him who I know I've got to drop um, altogether. Um, but yeah, he's down. He's down there at LB 47. Feels a bit harsh now. I, I kind of look at it again. But yeah. I change these rankings every... I mean, I talk to people like yourself or someone else and they mention something. And I'm like, oh, and then I tweak it. And I look at some of the people's names ahead and I see someone that I go, now why in the world would I have him below um, Denzel Perryman? Or somebody like that. Somebody that maybe I'm not yep. as high on this week or whatever the case may be. And so I'm tweaking constantly, which only does one thing. is makes me really furious when I realize that I shouldn't <laughs> have moved a la last week Jerome Baker so far down because there was a non-zero chance that he wasn't going to dismiss playing time to David Long, that he might actually see enough. And so it's I, I'm right there with you on EJ Speed. That's fun. that's good that we both are uh, in agreement so far to start off. There's no no fisticuffs to begin. Oh, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, it's, we, we've got an ocean between us as well, so we can we can just go at it without like fear of someone turning up on somebody else's doorstep and. Uh, <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah that's good to know you were not willing to cross the river to beat me up over my uh, love of the yeah. park i mean we get passionate about this stuff right but uh yeah no i can't think it'd ever devolve into into that but but hey so let's um let's kind of talk about this this new segment i talked about earlier on so yeah. linebackers with uh, favorable matchups this week um i've got a list of five um do you have something similar I do. I have a few players. Um, I, I was also just going to, you know what? I was going to kind of bounce off a little bit of what your five were and have good. A, a little, you know, to and fro, see how an agreement or disagreement I may be with some of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, so there's a couple of things I've, I've, I've looked to when I'm thinking about guys with uh, favorable matchups. So mm-hmm. one is form. Um and I appreciate that goes beyond just being a matchup, but I like players who are playing well currently. Pretty obvious, right? Uh-huh. Um, guys who are obviously uh, playing almost every down uh, is, is something that I look to all the time. But beyond that, um, really guys who are playing against teams that are uh, allowing a lot of tackles to, to linebackers, um, that for me is, is probably the, the biggest uh, differentiator between the guys who have made it onto my list and those who haven't. And so for that reason, I've gone with uh, Zaire Franklin. Um, he's a he's a guy who we know can put up tackles against anybody uh, any weekend. Uh, I think he might lead uh, the league in tackles currently, or at least solos anyway. Um, so yeah, him uh, against the Jags, Kaiser White against the Rams, uh, Pete Werner, who I know is not quite blossomed yet and hasn't really you know emerged as that guy that we really wanted i know that his snap shares down mm-hmm. um bobby uh bobby o uh who faces the the bills and then uh jack gibbons who uh who goes up against the the ravens all of those five teams that these guys are playing against have conceded or allowed much higher than the average tackle uh tackles to linebackers so yeah, that's the reason why I've gone with those five. Um, what's what's your thoughts on on any of those? Yeah, I mean, the immediate reaction is that every single person you just listed, uh, I have higher than at least ECR consensus, but not by much on some because I think that it's smart to be high on because you're white. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how much higher I can get. He's already uh, an LB one for me, just the pure volume that the Rams should offer. 
Uh, Same. It's it, it, it's hard to say that we've seen one week with uh, with Cooper Cup and what that what that can mean, but I don't think it doesn't mean what we've seen out of the Rams so far is that there should be plenty of funneling to the middle of the field or at least middle out and and allowing someone like Kazir White. And let's be honest, the the Arizona Cardinals have the the worst pressure rate in the NFL and their pressure to sack ratio has been so wonky all season that it was bound to happen that I think they're going to they're going to have time the Rams will to establish both a running game as well as a passing game to allow those tackles to kind of funnel to Kazir White. It just seems like when there's nobody on the defensive line to occupy, you have to assume they're going to have X, X amount of tackles. And if I can eliminate that defensive line from eating but 5 to 10% of those, somebody else is going to have to. And Jalen Thompson is now banged up. He didn't practice today. And if Jalen Thompson's out, one more you know mouth to, to not eat up some of those tackles. So I think Kazir White is, a, is an excellent play for someone that should be higher than maybe some others think, at least for one to start off. Um, gosh, I could probably talk about each one. I, I'm always <laughs> high on, on Bobby O and Buffalo. I mean, the, there's, there's not much more you need to say as far as an offense that should keep them on the field and a defense or my God, if are the giants, the worst offense in football possibly right now? I mean, I mean to say, but gotta, is it got to be up there? Um, I think the Steelers were in contention for a while there, yeah, but yeah, you know, Pickens kind of went off the other day and, yeah, it's got to be the Giants. That that offensive line is just one of one of the worst. Even even the the Commanders, right? So Sam somehow sacked has uh, been sacked more times than any other QB in the league. But even he looks okay on occasion. But yeah, the Giants they they've got to be they look they look pretty terrible, and they they desperately need Barkley back. And even then, I'm not sure how much is going to change. I know. I think that it's they. They their defense should be on the field so much that Bobby O should absolutely just eat. There's there's a couple other players on that defense too that I like, maybe at different positions, but Bobby O for that same reason. Like I again I have him, he's borderline just right at the beginning of that LB2 conversation for me. And I could make a case above some of the other guys that I have ahead um pretty easily. Yeah. So yeah, I've got him square. He's squarely in my LB2 territory. But yeah, like you say, it's pretty easy, especially this week, to make a, to make a, a case that he could be and should be higher. I did think about um, mentioning uh, Simmons here, but I feel less confident that he, you know, I, I need to see that um, uh, McFadden isn't coming back this week before... I feel before I can recommend Stein Simmons, but yeah, he was, he was, he was one I thought about um, knocking on the player, but the opportunities there. Um, uh-huh. I, I did include Simmons. Simmons is one that I put as with a, with an asterisk because McFadden did miss practice today. Now Wednesday practice is not the end all be all, but him missing practice does give me a, a reason to move McFadden up. I mean, I've been, I don't know McFadden. I'm sorry. Um, Isaiah Simmons up. I've been an Isaiah Simmons fan since he was drafted. Unfortunately, it was to, well, now we know, to the wrong team or a team that lied about his usage. And and then the Giants, I thought, would be, it's it's the easiest way to be duped into thinking, here comes a situation perfect. You have a 
Wink Martindale defense that is designed to blitz and utilize these star players or star position or just multifaceted type of linebacker safety hybrids. And despite the number of injuries across, I mean, we, we saw missed snaps all across the defense for the Giants and Isaiah Simmons still couldn't occupy a heavy enough workload. And so now I don't think there's, we saw last week, which is just enough for them to pull the rug out from underneath us that we think he's going to get a full workload. But I, I think that you're right. So linebackers that we're not so keen on this week, who, who are you fading at the position? Yeah, I'm, I'm 50-50. And, and I'm 50-50 on like, I want to, and this is a, an outweigh as far as fading, because I want to believe that JOK with Cleveland is, is an excellent pick. I think that against San Francisco, that opportunity with the amount of defensive snaps you should see, a run-centric offense. Um, but that snap share in Cleveland just has me terrified. And so um, I just want to avoid it. It's like I want to build him up. I almost put it. That's the most polarizing player. And the only, that's the only reason I'm mentioning him, because he's the only player that I have on the list that I actually put on the five guys I'm higher on and five guys I'm lower on. And that's not a, and that's not good. That's that usually means avoid. The other one is Denzel Perryman because I don't trust his usage in exclusively yet this week. I, I like him coming back and taking over full time share at some point. I just don't know when that's going to be. And I think that's probably the overarching theme for a lot of these linebackers is unguaranteed snaps. Yeah, yeah, and there's a, there's a there's a lesson to be learned there, isn't it? I think. Um... I made a similar mistake with uh, with Kendricks last week. So he was back. So he was mm-hmm. going to be playing. I just just assumed that he'd be, you know, um, the hundred percent guy. And yeah, it it, it, ha- it didn't happen. Now I know that he's a much better linebacker than uh, than Kenneth Murray still, mm-hmm. even though, yep. even at his uh, you know even at his age. Uh, but yeah, these these teams sometimes are not in any hurry to to rush uh, to rush these players back. And yeah, I think that might also apply to. To Perriman as well. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, JOK, I'm right there with you. That 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 division of snaps in, in Cleveland is just super frustrating. Um, it's really hard to know which guy to trust. Um, and then you just end up not trusting any of them if if you can avoid it, right? So uh talk, I talked about him on an earlier pod, actually, JOK. And he's the sort of guy that, you know, if 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 we're talking about dynasty rosters. Uh, or dynasty leagues, then I, I, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd keep a spot open for for a player like him if it was if it was deep rosters. Um, yeah. But otherwise, it's 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 hard to get too invested in that situation. So I'm just one of those people that just says, like, you know what, I'll, I'll avoid it and find find other guys with, uh, you know, even if it's like the Jack Gibbons type. I know he's never mm-hmm. going to be the number one unless something happens to the guy ahead of him, but. I know he's going to be 75, 80% every week, whereas JOK could be, could be 80% one week and then could be 60 the next week. And that's, that just, that's just infuriating sometimes. My, my guy, and this, is, this might be a slightly obvious one, actually, is, uh, is Chad, Chad Moomer. But I kind of just really wanted to talk about him because um, you know, he's, he's a guy who had the opportunity to prove what he could do in that, in that two-game absence. Uh, Devin Lloyd uh, missed, the, missed the London game. But... It, Moomer was so poor. Um, it was it, it was surprising. You know, I wasn't his biggest fan after last last season, but I thought in these games he just he just really didn't impress me, and his production as well was was equally as disappointing. So, um, 
Devin Lloyd has not been stellar himself, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the basis of how Muma has, has looked um, or not looked, uh, Lloyd is probably going to step back into um, at least the the more significant role um, going forward uh, behind Aluokun. So, you know, it's possible that Muma doesn't disappear completely, but I, I very much doubt that his, his, his role will be large enough to, to warrant fantasy consideration for for the foreseeable yeah i'm i mean as much as i had high i had higher hopes um going into the draft last year for muma but the landing spot was never ideal anyway especially yep. after you know i mean first is luicon being there and then you already draft Devin lloyd so you think well muma's gonna find a landing spot it just there was too much upside and then they go there you just knew that at best it would be a rotation of sorts, which is not good for it's not good for anybody, the team, either of the players, because it's hard to think that both because they both did very similar things. Well, and it's not mm-hmm. like one is outstanding at run and the other one's outstanding in coverage so much so that you can alternate them. And yeah, I don't know, man, that's a that's a really tough one. It was a disappointment last year because I had Muma pretty high. I thought against this Buffalo offense. I don't think the game went as as I had anticipated necessarily, but then to see three tackles, I guess is I think all he had. It's um, yeah, it, it was it was rather disappointing. So um, linebackers with unfavorable matchups uh, this week. So uh, and these these are some pretty good players in this list. Um, so I've gone with um, Frankie Louvu, uh, Henry Two O Two O, Jordan Brooks. Tremaine Edmonds and Javon Bentley. Now, for the most part, these guys are the exact opposite to the five I mentioned that do have favorable matchups. So these guys are playing against teams who uh, typically don't allow a lot of tackles to the, the linebacker positions uh, on opposition teams. But there's a there's a few wrinkles in there. So Brooks, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping after a, a week's rest, uh, he's going to come back and become that every down guy that we've known him to be in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, as I say, he's what he's, he's had two weeks since his last game. So you'd have to think that he's right back there. And I, I, I can imagine that's the case, but I don't know it for sure yet. So um, that's another wrinkle with him. Um, 2020. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's going to be an every down guy going forward because um, yeah. What else have they really got? Harris is, Harris is pretty rubbish, in my opinion. Um, and um, I forget the other guy. Uh, Blake Cashman. Oh, yeah, Blake Cashman. I mean, I, I can't imagine that he's <laughs> going he's gonna to see the kind of usage that he saw last last week on, a, on an ongoing basis. So, yeah, I think it's 202's job to lose. But like I say, this is more about guys who are playing against teams who don't typically give up a lot of tackles to, mm-hmm. to linebackers. Small sample size, though, so far. Still, five games. Things can change. Game scripts can be completely different. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying these guys are going to be terrible this week. I'm just saying their chances of having a, a solid performance, in my opinion, are, are slightly reduced given who they're playing against. You're exactly right. And if you look back at like a teams, for instance, going against Cincinnati, and yet I, of course, you know, on my players that I was higher on against the Chargers and the Chargers don't allow a lot of points to the linebacker, but the Chargers also haven't necessarily had Eckler. And I think that that can define quite a bit without having, you know, without having Mike Williams, 
maybe more funnel to the middle. It, I, and the usage of the tight end, I think that is going to, it's going to be reduced a little bit. I don't think as much Donald Parham um, involvement, but Cincinnati, on the other hand, I mean, week one against Cleveland, nothing. Um, week two against Baltimore. They, I mean, Roquan and Patrick Queen both, you know, under double digits, no tackle upside there. Ernest Jones in week three wasn't really even uh, amazing. It's, it's just been a lot of the guys that should have eaten a ton of the tackle volume in Ernest Jones, Aziz Alshair, and Kazir White in three, four, and five. And they've done a good job of dispersing the ball away from the linebacker position. And that does it's, I think Bobby Wagner is still going to be Bobby Wagner just because, you know, they're going to, Mixon's going to get enough. They're going to have enough plays where he's involved. But I, I think that, yeah, I'm, I moved Brooks down um, a little bit. I still like Brooks, but mm-hmm. I don't have him as my, you know, like as an LB, a solid LB one or two, I'm a little cautious. So that's, that's a, a really good call right there. Um, Luvu the same way. And then, you know, what's crazy, like Luvu's value for me also was tied to his ability to rush the passer and Miami allows nothing as far as pass rush. Their, their offensive line, even without Tron Armstead, has been, you know, exceptional. Like to the point where I really thought, I think the game against Jacksonville, they were supposed to get uh, beaten up. No, it was the Chargers. I'm sorry, because it was the, you know, oh, Khalil Mack uh, and Joy Bosa are going to destroy Miami. And that was without Tron Armstead that first game. And they held up really, really well against them. And then in a few yeah. other d- matchups, Miami's done just so much better where do, where do I have they um the dolphins offensive line has allowed double digit pressures only twice total so i mean here's a team that's allowing nothing and that's that's an added bump for luvu that's really valuable at least from what i've seen so far on the season is his ability to get you know throw in a couple of those sacks or tackles for loss especially what have you got for us on the on the defensive line Nate? kick us off with a guy who you're keen on in week 6 yeah, you know, and this is one that, man, I tell you what, it is a long time coming or or not because I, I keep one to – I've had my fingers crossed for him for, you know, for a while, but injuries and production, and now he's on the team. Marcus Davenport, very polarizing. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, ECR, he's the defensive line 65. I have him as a defensive lineman like three slash four, right around that 36 to 38 range. Last week, um, nearly 80% of the snaps – Love the matchup on that outside against left tackle. Larry Borum, um, who just got annihilated last week, if you saw that. He allowed eight pressures. Love the matchup. Love the fact that Davenport's healthy. Anytime you can go opposite Daniil Hunter, that just seems to uh, to to be advantageous. We know the Bears have been the Bears. The Bears have allowed the most pass, you know, pressures per drop back for the last two years. The The matchup is terrible. And then you take out Khalil Herbert who has been their best pass blocking running back and you replace him with maybe Roshan and a you know concussion protocol. And if it's not mm-hmm. him, Deontay Foreman, neither one of which are as good as Herbert. It's small sample as well too, because they haven't had a ton of experience over the years. Roshan, none. And then Foreman has a little bit more of course than uh, Khalil Herbert, but it's a dangerous game to play Marcus Davenport because he can disappoint, but the last two weeks have been solid. He's had seven pressures over the last two weeks. I like what I've seen. He seems to be getting the playing time, and we know that Minnesota can score, hopefully without Justin Jefferson. 
and hopefully that puts Chicago on their heels a little bit and makes them pass. And if that's the case, I could see him getting to fields. You know, I'm hoping for just once from a defensive line position. So all you really need to support a defensive line three. Yeah, yeah. I I thought we were going to be far apart on him um, when you mentioned him, actually. But I've got him ranked fairly similarly to you this week. I've got him ranked as uh, my uh, DL38 or Edge28. So I think we're we're, we're kind of in in sync on that one. I... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we've it, we've been here quite a few times before with with Davenport. Um, mm -hmm. is, is is one of the things that I I always think about with this guy. You know we he's teased us a few times with his talent. We we know he can do it. The question really comes back to you know can can he stay healthy a lot uh, long enough to 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 what we know he can do and um, yeah that that remains to be seen. But like you say, you know he's he's looked good in the last last two weeks and. The, the the snap share is is really healthy so uh he's playing on a, on a team that that seems to believe in him as well um opposite of a really good edge rusher um so yeah there's 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 more to like than to dislike there uh my first guy is uh trey trey hendrickson um mm -hmm. so he's my dl and edge eight for the week one behind uh montez sweat and one ahead of uh brian burns He's he's just been on a tear. That's 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 no secret. Seven seven sacks in five games, a twenty seven point five percent win rate, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, as I said on another pod just recently, he's not faced the most difficult opposition so far. Um, this is not like a a Chase Young situation where he's gone up against some really good uh, tackles uh, to open the season. Hendrickson has had some, you know. Pretty easy games, um, comparatively speaking. But it doesn't make me um, uh, feel that different about what he's done. You know, he's, mm -hmm. this is this is this is the highest level of the game. No one's absolutely dreadful. Um, you know, he's still got to get it done. So, and this week, um, what I really like about him, and the main reason I wanted to talk about him beyond the fact he's just playing really well, is that he faces another. Um, suspect offensive line when he goes up against the uh, the Seahawks. Um, I know I know Geno Smith hasn't taken uh, a huge amount of sacks this year, but you, you can't bet against Hendrickson when he's playing in the in the form um, that he is. Um, so yeah, that's my call. Nope, right there with you. He actually, I'm I actually have him a spot uh, one spot ahead of you. He is mm -hmm. my he's my uh, I have the all my defense line for fantasy pro scoring, at least for my rankings there. Yeah. Uh, they're together, but he's my defensive lineman seven overall, just uh, and for that same exact same reason. And and to be fair, going into last week, if we had this same conversation in week, say, two or three, he probably would have been on my avoid because he has been sack or bust, no tackle upside. He still doesn't have a ton of tackle upside. We both know nah, that. That's Sam Hubbard's right. side. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> that's when you're going against Stone Forsythe, which at left tackle is who, that's who the primary uh, majority should be. And he's been a turnstile. And so I think we'll see the same thing. I mean, you have to go. I've, I've been, knock on wood, I think I've been pretty successful with my defensive line rankings as a result of, trying to understand offensive line tendencies and they run so many that that speed rush against stone Forsyth. his name is fitting 
because he is like stone. His feet are like stone. He's got no <laughs> lateral movement. He's hard time stopping that that speed rush to the outside. And I think that's what Trey can do against him. Um, so the guy I'm not as interested in this week as I might be otherwise. Otherwise, um, in other weeks is is Quinn and Williams. Um, so yes. he's my he's my DT10 DL31. Uh, he's one behind uh, one behind uh, Leonard Floyd uh, and one ahead of Jermaine Johnson. So I I mean look. He's he's an incredible player. We all we all know that he was many people's DT one coming into mm-hmm. the season, and and for good reason. Um, he he was fantastic last year. He hasn't had the sack production this year, but he has he has been uh, close. You know, he's been he's been getting a, a share load of pressures, a share load of QB hits, fourth amongst all DTs in 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 total pressure so far. So I think the sacks will come. What. I don't like this week, uh, and this is the only thing I don't like about 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 Quinn Williams is 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 the matchup again. Uh, he's going up against the Eagles. Well, I mentioned earlier on what they had done to Aaron Donald last week. I know they're missing uh, a player, Cam Cam Jurgens, at the moment, and they've replaced him with another guy whose name I forget. Um, but it doesn't seem to have made a huge amount of difference. They've still got uh, four other really good players and. I just I'm concerned that what happened to to Donald will will happen to to Williams as well. Uh, I'm right there with you. In fact, actually, I was bouncing back and forth between Quinn and Williams and uh, and mentioning either Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons, but it it was uh, maybe a little more emphatic and exciting to mention some of the big names just because I was scared I to it. do so last week. But you're Bold. right, the Quinn and Williams matchup. I, I'm avoiding. Pretty much there's about three or four offensive lines or at least maybe two or three offensive lines as a whole, one or two offensive linemen as a whole. That's just, it's just an avoid. And, um, and that is the, the Eagles specifically. I mean, when you look at last week, even against, I mean, just as a whole, they, they don't have like one offensive lineman, even with, like you said, when they're doing that, uh, is it Sua Peta has played the last three games kind of like that it is a, yeah. a fill-in role. And and he, even being the lowest graded offensive lineman as out of the group, was still a 71 in pass blocking. I mean, the three pressures allowed, three hurries. I don't really, that doesn't bother me. I, I am avoiding him. I'm avoiding, you know, like I said, San Francisco kind of as a whole, the, the Chiefs offensive line can be really good at times. But they it just seems to be smart to to avoid those situations so yeah Quinnen Williams it hurts because he is my D, he was my DT1 but just haven't I mean they will get there you're right just not yet not this week it's defensive lineman with unfavorable matchups I've I've gone with uh Joey Bosa uh he's coming off an injury um might be eased back in again we saw this happen um a few weeks back and he's playing against a um uh, Cowboys offensive line, as I said earlier, and has, has become become quite healthy quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Jermaine Johnson, I think he'll have his hands full against that Eagles offensive line. Uh, Josh Allen, um, he'll have to be at his best. I'm, I'm a fan of Josh Allen, um, but I think you have to be at his best to get the better of uh, Bernard Raymond, who uh, returned to full practice following a concussion. Raymond, by the way, has really stepped his game up in in, in year two and looks looks like a, a really capable pass blocker so um, that's 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 a situation to avoid or at least start to fade maybe if you've got another player of a similar 
talent level with an easier matchup. Shaquille Barrett um, hasn't really set set it on fire this year. You know, he'll see plenty of the Detroit Lions um, who have uh, a pair of uh, very good offensive tackles in Sewell and uh, Taylor Taylor Decker as well. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a situation I want to avoid. And then Javon Hargrave, massive fan of his, um, but he faces a, a sneaky good sort of Cleveland Browns offensive line. Uh, that interior of that line uh, is, is, is its strength. Um, and I'm, yeah. If there's a, a week to avoid Hargrave, I think this might be it. That said, he is a sort of player who can just get it done, oh, even man. though he's playing against tough opposition. So, but yeah, that's my five. Again, not saying they're going to be poor. I'm just saying that compared to how they'll perform most weeks, this week might not be their best. So, uh, DBs, on to DBs. Um, tell me who you've called on for for week six at the DB spot, and you know this is a this is the most difficult of the positions because of that that weekly volatility but um there's some stuff there that we can look to uh, when we're thinking about guys we like and guys we don't so yeah who do you like Uh, so i who i like is cater kohu um i I it's hard for me to you know put a corner into the conversation with dbs but he's my highest ranked corner on the week uh he is in a matchup against carolina who has just on the season they've allowed um, tackle volume to like of like they allowed eleven tackles to the slot corner last week six plus tackles in um, three of four three of five games to the slot corner the other two are slot corners that I don't trust could even make six tackles so when you're faced with a solid actual tackling corner Cater uh, Kohu is ideal and I don't see Carolina moving the ball anywhere past that. It's been an Adam Thielen show for the last three weeks, and I expect that to continue. So don't be shocked to see 10 or 11 tackles out of uh, Kohu and, and potentially something more. I mean, if Miami, they, they like to blitz occasionally, and I think that could be a, a, an intriguing little spot for him to really fill the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think um, Do you think other teams will look at what uh, the Bills and, and Stefan Diggs specifically did to – Kohu and then uh, and then try to target him more because that that uh, that could help as long as he retains his role um he could he could be he could see an increase in pass breakups and tackle opportunities as well um if he's if he's if he's picked on a bit do you think that's likely to happen I think I think the team like with Diggs and that one and like specifically he put him in a in a blender because it's one on one against Stefan Diggs from the oh, yeah. seven yard line you're toast there's nobody out there that's going to stop that. But at the same time, yes, I think that's a viable situation. And I think that from an IDP standpoint, that's not always a bad option either is to have them pick on him even further, as long as he's productive and it's not to the point where he's a detriment to the team and they take snaps away, which I don't see happening whatsoever with them. But yeah, that's, that's always concerned. I think we've seen that out of a couple different players and situations It's you need someone involved heavily enough in the run stopping like Kenny Moore, was so valuable valuable for Indy for those years. Um, still is valuable, just not as much. But yeah, I think that's a possibility. I think this specific week, I, I like him more than others, um, or at least more than other slot corners uh, of weeks past. I like it. I like it. Um, I had him in a bunch of fantasy teams uh, for a couple of weeks, and um, I, I forget why I moved on. I think someone dropped someone surprising, and I just I, um, I kind of 
went went for the uh went for, I, I saw something shiny and i just went for it yeah i'm right there with you <laughs> um so my my db riser this week is uh antoine winfield um so he's actually my db one this week nice. uh, one Love one spot ahead of uh javon javon holland uh, that might change if uh, if Derwin becomes fully healthy, but I, I kind of like Winfield here. Um, so he's always been one of those guys who will never quite keep up with the the leading tacklers at the position, um, mm-hmm. but he'll always more than make up for it in splash plays, in big plays. Um, that said, I mean, even so, he's, he started this year like he'd been fired out of a cannon. In four games, he's got 29 combined tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, and three three pass breakups. That's just, just phenomenal. It's kind of put the defense on his back. That alone, though, wouldn't be enough to, to put him in my number one spot. But I really like his matchup this week. Um, Jalen Hurts hasn't turned over the ball a ton, so the big plays may not be there. But the Eagles have allowed more tackles and a greater tackle efficiency to opposition safeties than any other team in the league. So, um, yeah, it might, we might see a different kind of game out of Winfield this week, but I still think he's going to be he's going to be very good. And at a position that you know that my top ten changes more quickly than any other position, really um, at safety at DB. Uh, yeah, I, I like Winfield this week. I'm, I'm riding the hot hand. I was really uh, going into the season. I had Winfield as my um, my defense. I think my DB nine or 10 overall. And then Mm -hmm. I let the talk of him uh, primarily playing free safety instead of playing up in the box impact my opinion a little bit. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to move him down a little bit, which in turn made me avoid him in, in more drafts than I wanted to and, and focus more on Ryan Neal. And, and at the end of the day, I really regret doing that, of course, in hindsight, but week in and week out, I look at the matchup, like you said, and, and I do have him higher up. I almost forgot about him because I, from the buy, I didn't take him out of my precincts. I used my previous week's rankings to start my new ones. And uh, yep. it's, yeah, it's bye week, Nate. Got to get ready for that. Got to be prepared. <laughs> I'm glad you did it too as well. I did it with Grand Delpit uh, this week. Yes. me. Yeah. I almost did Delpit <laughs> as well. So I have so many at the bottom. I, I still have Delpit down there. I have to switch them. Man, see? And that's a great matchup. I love the matchup against San Francisco for all the reasons earlier why I said JOK and Anthony Walker are tricky matchups. I love him because I think Cleveland, you know, they're, they're going to have to keep Delpit up to at least help try to slow down any of the yak attack that San Francisco is going to have. But mm-hmm. I can tell you who I'm down on a little bit more, and that's a, it's a week in and week out thing. I don't know why, and hopefully I'm – people listening that I have that are in leagues with me. I am on the trade, uh, Talanoa, Hufanga, Trent Buss entirely. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, he, if you had to guess what his tackle rate was for the season, and you probably know it because you, you know, follow and pay attention more than most, but 5%, 5%. It's, it's terrible. It's like, it should be, even if it was double that, it would be, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be too excited about it. But 5% is it's atrocious. And he's got the two interceptions, one of which was a lucky interception at the end of the game that was worthless, and the other one was actually viable. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm just kind of a, an avoid. And I don't think – I'm hoping there's still value for him on name and splash and hair alone, which uh, <laughs> I'll take. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see it, man. How about you? 
No, I'm I'm also out on uh, Ufanga. I, uh, he's a player that came up um, on a on a pod earlier today, and I, yeah, his I said at the time, and, and I'll say it to you as well. But I think his um, what we've seen from him to, to start this this season is kind of reminiscent of what we saw uh, from him at, uh, during spells last year. You know, he, he opened really fast. He, he, he kind of you know he impressed everybody with with what he did in the first. I think it was two or three games of last year, um, especially mm-hmm. the, the opener. Um, but then he kind of settled into this situation where he wasn't really putting up great tackle productivity, um, and, and that was sustained. Um, it, it was it was pretty poor for quite quite a while. I remember uh, he he was getting the odd interception though, and that's you know that's kind of where we are right now with him. His tackle uh, production is really poor. He's mm-hmm. having the odd interception, but. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think there's, there's, there's far better, uh, far more productive, far more reliable players to to target at the DB position, and so yeah, he's he actually slid. I think now you mention it more than more than any other DB in my list this week, um, unrelated to an injury. Yeah, he's down at like DB forty five. Hey, safety, all right, that's where I got safety, safety nice. forty one. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, again, good. <laughs> That's, I like it. I uh, but yeah, I previously had him, you know, he was top, I think he was a like low end DB one for me to start the season. Maybe, maybe a DB two. Um, there are thereabouts, but yeah, I'm, I'm oh, out yeah. on him. Good call. Um, so my, my DB faller this week is, is Nick Scott. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. Safety, safety 44, DB 50, uh, one spot behind, uh, Donovan Wilson, who should rise once he gets healthy, and one ahead of Alonte Taylor. Um, so I've, yeah, he played almost every snap in weeks three and four. And then last week, you know, 67% of the defensive snaps started to seed snaps to Jordan Battle, who had a season high 39%. As I said to, to John Macri, we, we kind of saw a similar thing happen in week two, only for Scott to then play almost every down the following week and for battle to kind of disappear. So I'm kind of, I'm not like, I'm not convinced that uh, that Scott's completely disappearing, but the fact that it's happened two times in, in four weeks doesn't doesn't exactly fill me with confidence that his job is secure. Let's talk about the, in fact, we, talk, we didn't talk about the DBs with uh, favorable matchups as well. So I'm just going to run through both lists, the favorables yeah. and, the, and the guys that don't have a favorable list. Um, and then, yeah, let me know how, how you feel about these and if you've got any guys to add. So first up, um, guys who are like this week at the DB position, Jordan Fuller, he's coming off his best game of the season and he's got the Cardinals this week. Um, the Cards have allowed one of the tire, highest sort of tackle efficiencies against other safeties this year and and Josh Dobbs wasn't quite as careful with the ball uh, last week as we've seen him in uh, earlier games. Von Bell, uh, J. Ron Curse, Marnie Hooker and Kevon Wallace um, they're all got, oh, maybe Kenny Moore as well. I, I quite like the matchup each of those guys have got this week for different reasons. Um, but, uh, but yeah, those are, those are some guys mainly for the, again, the tackle efficiency, um, against the, uh, um, in terms of what the, what their opposition, uh, tend to allow to their respective positions. Those are guys I like. The ones I don't like, um, uh, both of the Broncos safeties, so Justin Simmons and, and Kareem Jackson, um, 
again, it's Mahomes, doesn't throw a, a lot of interceptions. Um, and again, the Chiefs don't... Very few safeties have had big games uh, against the Chiefs um, in, in in terms of what I can recall. Cameron Curl and Percy Butler, uh, who are playing the Falcons. Uh, Ridder's actually taken pretty good care of the ball, uh, I think, throwing, uh, I think it's four interceptions. Uh, and again, very few safeties have had big games. And then finally, Justin Reed. Um, similar reasons to Curl and, and Butler. Russ Wilson's only thrown two picks. Uh, and again, safeties have, have struggled against uh, the Broncos um, for the most part. Yeah, Justin Reed's been tricky because his usage along that defense has been scattered. I mean, one week they yeah. have him up in the box and then he's completely out and uh, Mike Edwards is up in the box blitzing and it's, I don't like that inconsistency. And like you said, with the Denver safeties, Mahomes spreads the ball around to 11 different receivers every game. And so you're not going to see a consistent thread of passes go into one specific area where you can accumulate double digit tackles or, you know, tackles for loss don't really exist on the chiefs all that much either because, you know, Isaiah Pacheco doesn't take losses on his runs and they designed to get, you know, forward ahead of the line of scrimmage on most of their plays. I, yeah. I like the options you have for sure. I'll add like one is the return of Marcus May. Um, Houston mm. has allowed tackles of nine, 13, 13, and uh, well, four for one. So they're averaging nine plus tackles to the, to the free safety position. And with him and uh, Tyron Matthew kind of alternating back and forth, I think that he's in line for a potentially big game, especially against a team like Houston, who, is designed just to throw. And with, we know CJ Stroud hasn't turned the ball over, contrary to uh, what we're looking for. But I think that we're seeing the tackle volume funneling towards that safety position, at least from what Houston's done. So I like Marcus May. I'm not quite sure his first game back, it's, since it wasn't necessarily health related um, that he missed. Yeah. I think that he should be good to go. But still, you know, first game in, really in a minute, getting reacclimated. So. I mean, he was averaging six and a half tackles and a half. A, so what he had six and a half tackles a game. Um, he had had a sack and an interception over those time in those two games. So he was productive. So look, I mean, Nate, that that kind of brings us to to the end. That does it for uh, for tonight's tonight's show. Um, I've got to say, and I, I know it would be, but it's been pretty pretty damn cool to have you on. Uh, your you know your credentials uh, are up there with the with the best of them. Uh, as I said at the top of this show, you've You've proven really successful in that uh, fantasy pros competition, so it's been it's been uh, it's been great to get your your insight uh, here here tonight. So, would you remind the audience uh, where to find you and your work, and maybe talk a little bit about that fantasy pros ranking competition for those who maybe aren't so familiar with it? Sure, absolutely. So, number one, any any comments or questions or any information or help I can ever provide to anybody, my my DMs are always open to anybody. That's over at Nate Markham, N-A-T-E-M-A-R-C-U-M, um, over on the old Twitter machine. You can find all my work over at Fantasy in Frames. Um, that's at fantasyinframes.com. Um, they have a list. It's not just IDP. It's Redraft, um, Dynasty. But we try to do a little bit of everything and bring it to the masses in, in an easy, digestible format, not too much over people's head. But at the same time, here's the here's the fishing pole. Learn to fish, and but we'll come drink some beers with you, too, you know. And so uh, all the work there and then shoot the gap. 
is this week. It's on Friday. I think we're going to move it to Friday evening uh, going forward. It just makes sense for our schedule. If that's the case, tune in there. We'd love to have anybody jump in. We'd love to have you on if you want to stay up till two in the morning again or something like that and hang out. Jace, you know your your family as far as I'm concerned, so you're always welcome. And uh, uh, dude, I'd be, be be more than happy to come on. I I am very used to staying up until silly o'clock uh, in season. Uh, as I said to you before, this is just uh, this is the joys of of following a, a sport on a different continent. It's uh, yeah, it's great. Well, I can tell you that I don't believe I've talked to anybody that is awake at two or well three o'clock in the morning that is uh, as clear and concise and has it together as you do for this show right now. So um, congratulations on that. <laughs> but I wait, till you, wait till you see me tomorrow. It'd be a different story. <laughs> I bet so. You're off. You got to just relax and just going to go hang out. So uh, yeah, that, that sounds nice and easy, but you know, in regards to the fantasy pros competition, I got asked to take part in that a couple of years back. And what it is, is it you're essentially on the pre-draft rankings that you set up uh, over at fantasypros.com takes that into account. And then there's a separate week by week ranking. And the goal is to be the goal is to be better than everybody else. But realistically, the goal is to provide uh, a resource for people to look at when they have those difficult decisions between the positions or between players they have on their team and guide them without having to go on and ask 25 different start sit questions about should I start Blake Cashman or Devon Diablo or whatever the scenario may be as ugly as it will be once by week start up. We know they get there. And so it's just a, you know, you try to get as close to their overall finish uh, week to week. And it's challenging because you go against what, you know, consensus should say. You shouldn't put, as we said, Michael Parsons at the 33rd best defensive lineman. But guess what? He's going to go against um, Trent Williams and it's not going to be a great matchup. And you just have to assume that. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I really enjoy the weeks where, um, I finish high. I've been lucky to be number one overall twice uh, this year so far. And I hate when I'm like 20th, which I've done as well. So it's a, uh, it's a very stressful Wednesday morning to wake up to. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Well, I mean, like, you know, congratulations on your, on your success so far. Um, clearly very good at what you do. Um, our audience, if, uh, you know, if you aren't familiar with, uh, with Nate and his work, then I would encourage you to go and follow and, and support his work too um clearly one of the best out there as always i can be found on twitter or x at jace abbey and the full rankings i've discussed on this show are available to subscribers on the idp show uh idp show the idp show site at the idp show.com uh those rankings will be updated at least twice a week on thursdays and again on sundays so do check back for updates uh, in the meantime, thanks uh, to anyone who tuned in or watched the show. It's appreciated more than you know. Thanks and bye. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs>